Welcome to the Mike on Much Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Veerman. I'm here with my friend and trusted producer, Max Kerman, as well as our pop culture aficionado, Shane Cunningham, and intern Erica is on the dials. Guys, big news in the Champagne Boys group, uh, in our lives, uh, but more particularly in Shane's life. Shane, you're having another kid. Yeah, it's happening. <laughs> but this is like... Congrats. That's exciting. Thank enough. you. It is, uh, but we just found out we're a couple days into knowing... And uh, the only reason I'm really, it's very like odd to talk about it uh, before the first three months for most people. Oh, yeah. That's Didn't like, you do that last time though? Yeah, I'm very, <laughs> I'm very odd in the way I uh, sure. approach these things. But uh, this time we weren't exactly sure if we were going to be telling people this early just because so much shit happens in, mm-hmm. in a pregnancy, like even after the first three months, that's a little yeah. dicey. But we were always like, oh, we're, we're not worried. If something happens, we'll just be open about it. But it's more just the congratulations coming at me and then be like, oh, this happened. And then we do it again and then we uh, get another we, wave of congratulations. What do you mean when you, when you say this happened? What do you well, mean? well mi- miscarriages are oh, 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 yeah, yeah. Chemical pregnancies. There's a bunch of stuff that can go wrong. And at first I was like, I'm going to be very transparent about anything that goes on because I'm not, I'm not worried or ashamed or embarrassed. But it is a little bit to put your friends through, like if if you know if you're having a lot of miscarriages, and then the second you're pregnant to announce it. So sure. I'm just telling you guys, like not to cool it with the congratulations, but just to let you know there is a chance anything could happen. I'm aware of that, and the main reason we're going forward with it is because Alex has a mom blog where she documents everything that goes on. Yeah, the first three months are a little stigmatized to talk about, and mm. Alex is a big. Uh, not not big educator, but she's into talking about things that maybe are a little bit more hidden in mm-hmm. the pregnancy community. So we've talked about it on this Family Tree podcast, and I'm just saying, hey. Oh, so is that how we? Uh, that's how Felix people had yeah, yeah. found out. Yeah. Okay. Because you, like you said, you ju- you just found out. This is only a few days old or whatever from the reveal. I'm guessing. Right. Yeah. So like th- this is it's unconventional to let people know that early, which is the whole point of why Alex is doing this because that's. It's like, let's go from day one, whereas most people won't talk about it until three months. Yeah, because yeah. it would be hard for her to do posts about other things when this is like consuming her life. Like she's already not feeling well. The first trimester is very difficult. So she wants to document that, educate people, and maybe one day people will be less apt to not talk about the first three months. Yeah. Won't be as stigmatized. As far as like online communities go, I can imagine the mom community would be a very like that's that, a trickier one to navigate when it comes to the mess like you know we just talk about like you know what did drake do this weekend or something like, that. <laughs> like it's not that like there's nothing particularly controversial but uh yeah i can imagine you have to do a lot of a lot of thinking when you're making your posts and mainly about uh, the big thing in the mom community is vaccinations oh yeah. i don't think i think women actually the mom community welcomes talking about the first three months but no one's really comfortable talking about the first three months mm. So it's not super controversial. It's just not done because people are uncomfortable to say because some people get ashamed and embarrassed and uh, it's just it's very hard on them. And they, yeah. to share that publicly is not something people want to do. Sure. How many kids do you think you want to have? Just two. Like, just uh, yeah. two? Nice. So done after this for sure. Yes. All right. For sure. Vasectomy? No, I don't think I, I it just I don't know. It freaks me out, man. Yeah. I think I'm very good at the pull-out method. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, this, so this one wasn't a mistake. That was very intentional. Oh, yeah. In fact, uh, we went out on Supercrawl, and our friend Sean Dawson, I'm like, yeah, tonight uh, after this, this is Alex's last night drinking, and then she's going to be pregnant in the morning. And he's like, oh, yeah, right. And that was it. Yeah. <laughs> so Sean was the first person I, I told because he kind of like sarcastically messaged me like two weeks later. Uh, so she's pregnant, I guess. You're like, fuck yeah, buddy. Uh, well, I hadn't taken the test. I'm like, I we, well, gonna... I don't know, but probably. Uh-huh. And then I'm like, she is. So he was the first person mm-hmm. I told just to prove I have super sperm. And I know, <laughs> I know a lot of guys think this, but I think I do have super sperm. Mm. I'm just trying to make the uh, the headline here for the, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the title of our episode. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, well, congratulations to you and your super sperm and Alex and Lucy uh, for yep. their new brother or sister. And uh, yeah, but I won't be posting the a picture with like Alex holding her tummy for another like two and a half months. Right. Okay. Cool. Well, all the best on the journey. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, 
Yeah. So, what else is going on? I mean, the weekend passed. You and I hung out on Friday night. Uh, you went. You saw the Bob Dylan uh, show. Oh yeah. So there's a musical around the corner um, from here. It's right around the right by your house. It's on King Street. It's at uh, Royal Alex. And we got hooked up with tickets. And I love Bob Dylan. I love the song uh, "Girl from the North Country." That's the title of the. Yeah. That's the title show. of the play. Is it North or, Country or North County? I think it's country. Yeah, I or, think you're right. Or maybe it's county. I've, I've been, been saying it wrong, wrong for years. Yeah. I just and uh, it was written by some like Irish playwright. I love Bob Dylan's music. Irish people are good at telling stories. I find them to be charming storytellers. And Girl from the North Country is one of my favorite Dylan songs. But they didn't even sing that song. What? I was going to make a joke about that. They didn't even do that. No, they That's didn't. weird. But what it was but, the most famous Dylan song that appeared in the uh, show? They did like, like Rolling Stone. They okay. did Hurricane. But uh, you, I, the other thing is I went to go see... Uh, the Carol King musical, which was playing uh, a few months ago, beautiful, yeah, and that was amazing. And we got sorted out for tickets on that one, and it, like I left the theater buzzing. Tell people what, Carol King's Carol song. King uh, wrote "You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman." Her she wrote a solo record called Tapestry, and she's basically like an iconic songwriter. Uh, but did they play the song "You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman"? Yeah, yeah. See, that, what I was going to say mm-hmm. is, if you went to a Chumbawamba play <laughs> and tub thumping isn't played, you're going to be pissed off a little bit afterwards. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. big time. So but, obviously, they, they kind of misled you with the, the title of this play could and we, everything. Should, Shane, should we write a play based on the music of Chumbawamba? That might be a fun exercise. It would be awesome. Yeah. I mean, we don't probably don't have enough time these days, and well, you got another kid on the way, but... It'd be a fun, like, creative That's, experiment. I get knocked down. Yeah. I get up again. Yeah, that's a great song. Yeah. Well, I, I was just listening to a, a podcast. It'd be starring Danny Boy, because uh, they mentioned him in the song. Danny Boy. Just like yeah. that. Was that an angel? <laughs> yeah, go on. What were you saying? But Nick Kroll is just listening to him in a podcast, and they did an episode of Big Mouth based on the Michael Douglas film Disclosure. Yeah, with Demi Moore. And it's such an obscure, weird movie, and they're just basing this whole episode on uh, a big mouth on it so i thought it was so interesting to take something weird and expand upon it and that is in the same world as that disclosure is such a funny like there was this time where there was these movies that sort of played on men's fears of being targeted like fatal attraction michael douglas is in two of them (laughs) he's in three of them what's the third one uh fatal attraction disclosure by like a vixen there's one more uh that's so funny. Fuck. It's so fascinating. It's like, me. so Fatal Attraction is literally, uh, uh, Erica, this might be before your time. Do you know Fatal Attraction? No. So it's this film starring I Michael don't know Douglas. Trumbo. I don't know any of what you guys are talking about right okay. now. Okay. So, so Fatal Attraction <laughs> is, is Michael Douglas and Glenn Close. Uh, Michael Douglas is married, father of one, uh, and well, his like, wife's out of town. He goes to a business meeting with Glenn Close. They kind of flirt, whatever. Basic then, instinct. Oh, yes. That's the, the Sharon, Sharon Stone. Stone. Yeah. Yes. But, yeah. That's uh, um, well, Sharon. St- yeah. Anyway, so the essentially he cheats on his wife for this one-time fling, but then it turns out that the Glenn Close uh, character is very mentally disturbed. She's like, "I'm pregnant with your child. You got to tell your wife." She starts calling the house. All this, all this stuff. So, so it's like all these guys in the late '80s watch this movie, and it's kind of like uh, your worst nightmare, I suppose, if you were to ever think about cheating or if you were cheating. So it probably scared a lot of people into, uh, I guess, being um, uh, uh, faithful? faithful. Thank yeah. you, monogamous, and being like, "Well, that, that's that's insane," but it also paints like it makes women look absolutely crazy yeah. or insane then disclosure with Demi Moore is she's basically a predatory they flip sexual harassment so she sexually harasses Michael <laughs> Douglas and like tears his clothes off and they have this sort of consensual I, I'm, I'm pulling this from my memory I've not seen this movie in like 22 years or something like that um and then she claims that he went at her, even though they showed her. So again, it's like this, I don't know what it is. It's some sort of like a horror uh, film for like men who feel like they're going to be like targeted or victimized. But it's just so fascinating that Michael Douglas happens to be in three of these sort of like movies. <laughs> yeah. uh, but you've never seen any of these? No. Okay. Do you no. know who Michael Douglas is? No. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense though. Um, he, he was just nominated for an Emmy, but go on. Did you guys ever read the history of tub, tub thumping by Chumbawamba? I can't oh. say that I have. No, it's fascinating. The, the history of who let the dogs out is very interesting. There's, there's a documentary. There's a documentary about, yeah, former podcast podcast uh, Brent the, Hodge. What's yeah. that one? I haven't seen the doc, but I hear it's very interesting. As a music guy, you yeah, might know. I did. I think they can't I did. figure out who wrote it. That's right. Like, is it two kids from Oakland that basically came up with like the the hook, or was it somebody from the Bahamas? It's like basically this thing has been going around, and they were trying to track the origins of it because I don't think they can figure out like the monetary for who the dogs out? Yeah, there's a man who like discovered the song and gave it to them. Yeah, he's like this white guy. Yeah, 
Yeah. So but, that, but they're trying, but discovered it, who wrote it originally. So the right. whole doc goes into all that, apparently. Mm-hmm. Again, former podcast Brent Hodge, who did the Freaks and Geeks documentary, when he was on our show last year, he was telling us about how this was the next big mm-hmm. thing he was going to do. He was like, you're going to do a whole documentary on who let the dogs out. And then he, he started explaining exactly why it was fascinating. Mm-hmm. And then it premiered at Hot Docs, and, I, and he invited me, but I couldn't mm-hmm. go because of uh, the baby. But I really want to see it. So if you've seen it or you're a listener, let us know uh, what you think of it. Cause Is the lyrics it. supposed to... Uh, supposed to be a bit like a metaphor for like ugly women like you're at a club and it's like who let the dogs out i thought it was something political oh really? i could be wrong <laughs> i thought it was like all the boys are going out for drinks oh, oh okay that could be it it I don't could know. be very literal maybe it was written by a veterinarian or something <laughs> <laughs> who let these dogs out they are far too old <laughs> to be running around uh okay so max what's this chumbawamba business well, I, because it came up in a movie or it came up the song at some point in the last like year or something and I was like what is this song even about and it's like I'm gonna get this wrong but basically it's like it's a very political song and and Chumbawamba is an Irish band I believe I'm gonna get some of this wrong but tub thumping um, is a sort of like act of like political protest I'm I'm gonna (laughs) there's the title of the episode (laughs) okay tub thumping was something the Irish did when they were revolting against England and the Irish didn't give up easily. Tub thumping is going out and singing and having drinks after protesting. Isn't that fucking crazy? Because it seems like such like a kind of a goofy feel good song and like Chumbawamba is such a ridiculous name for a band and tub thumping like just like random fucking words. But um, did uh, Lucy go tub thumping after the environmental march? <laughs> no, she hasn't had a drop of alcohol yet. Mm. Not yet. She's young. But um, but when and when you go it's like I get knocked down and I get up again, it's but it's like. Um, it's literally about going protesting. And then the verse is, uh, he drinks a whiskey drink. He drinks a vodka drink. He drinks a lager drink. He drinks a cider drink. He sings the songs that remind him of the good times. He sings the songs that remind him of the better times. Oh, Danny boy. Yeah. And they reference Danny boy. I was like, oh, the, in the context of like, you know, of Ireland in the 1980s They're singing a song 90s. within a song. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Isn't that cool? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, 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 for such like a goofy like one hit wonder, yeah. it's like, oh, actually this song is way more meaningful to me right now. Yeah. Uh, on that note, actually, I um, was thinking, I was at the piano this morning before I came here, I was like working on a few things, and I was thinking about the song Forever Young, and I was like, is that Rod Stewart covering Bob Dylan? Because at the musical I saw on Saturday, Forever Young's a Bob Dylan song. I'm like, is that just a cover? And I don't know the Dylan version well enough, and I kind of know what the Rod Stewart version sounds like. And I guess Rod Stewart wrote it with a couple other guys, but it was close enough to Bob Dylan's like theme, because they have the same title, that he called up Bob Dylan. He's like, hey, do you mind if I also have a song called Forever Young? And Bob Dylan's like, if you give me some of the songwriting, sure. And, and so Bob Dylan has credits, a credit on it. Has a credit on it. Even for though like, he didn't do anything except nope, for the title? Except for the title. And maybe there's some lyrical themes that are similar. But isn't that funny? But like the but Rod Stewart... Like, the Rod Stewart just like wrote him. He's like, yo, I also have a song called Forever Young. There's huh. some similarities. And he's like, give me part of it. He's like, all right. <laughs> My brother, uh, DJ, sometimes... Uh, DJ his, Deep Cuts. Thank you, D- DJ Deep Cuts. And he sticks to that name. He doesn't care if you want to dance or not. He'll play a deep cut from an album that you've never heard. Yeah. So you guys like Paul McCartney? I'm not going to play any of his 20 hits but I'm going to play something off of his fifth solo album yeah, yeah. so anyway uh, but I remember one year after the famous in Hamilton J.R. Diggs Christmas party he was DJing and everyone was having a great time we were drinking 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 and then finally like the, the they were like shut it down I don't know it was like three in the morning or something and so Greg had to like basically like clear the floor and I remember he closed with Forever Young so people were like slow dancing and like uh, swaying yeah. and it's kind of an awesome <laughs> song to finish out your DJ set with when it's like everyone, they're stop serving you don't have to go home but you can't stay here and that, that so whenever I think of Forever mm. Young by Rod Stewart I think of that that night yeah that's that's always a funny night because there's a real collection of personalities and demographics at the J.R. Diggs Christmas party so inevitably Greg starts DJing and like half the room is furious with him because everybody <laughs> just wants to party because it's like Christmas time everyone's in a great mood and he's like what is this like why are we playing another by divine rights song like come on and we all have by divine right but some of the some of the members in the party don't know by divine right I will say though he does play some bangers that you're like oh I hadn't thought about that song in oh, a really yeah. long time he does find the good deep cuts uh-huh. yeah actually I texted your brother yesterday I was like yo Greg give me a subject to write a song about it and then he like Texting me something that was like kind of going on in his personal life, and I got a banger in like 30 minutes. Okay, well, tell us what it's about. I can't tell. I'm not going to spill Greg's story laundry. You said before that Greg could, if he wanted to, maybe get some, some songwriting credit. Oh, yeah. He's probably done sure. more work on your music than Bob Dylan did on oh, Forever oh, Young. Definitely. True. I was going to say more work on my music than I've done on my music. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's like, so he gave you a theme, and you went, you went yeah, with it. Yeah, it's actually a great little tool for any aspiring songwriters. Just be like, like Ash was like, uh, I think in a text group that we have, I think I said, if there's one thing I know, and then I said something, whatever, and then she texted me on the text, she's like, you should have a song called One Thing I Know. I was mm-hmm. like, that's great. And now we have a banger. That'll be called that. 
You can't even say the theme. Like, generalize it a little bit. No, it's something going on in Greg's personal life. That's all. Okay. Yeah. There you go. He'll probably be mad at me for even saying that, but fuck it. I'm leaving it at <laughs> Shout out to my brother if yeah. he uh, listens to this episode. I know he listened to the Nick Nurse episode because mm. uh, he borrowed my car uh, the other day. So he came by the apartment and we, were, we ended up chatting and I'm like, oh man. I'm like, I don't know if you heard, but me and Max, we went to the Raptors practice facility. He's like, what? And then I end up like, I was like, we talked about it on the pod. Just listen to the pod. Mm. And then this always happens. Instead of like us saying our goodbyes, we end up staying there for 20 minutes and I tell him the whole fucking story. Because <laughs> it's like, he's like, I don't want to wait. Like, yeah. tell me. Anyway, uh, but yeah. My dad listened to that episode too. I didn't. Know, I didn't know that my dad listens to the pod. I guess he does sometimes. Shout out to Mike Kerman. Yeah, but he just texted me because he was uh, in Vancouver last week, and he's like, I "Just heard the Nick Nor- Nurse story. It's amazing." I sent it to my friend Sam. He loves it. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. That's great. Yeah, so that's cute. It's always nice when you hear that. Uh, what else has been going on? Should we jump into topics Let's or get what? Into topics. I mean, for our listeners, we're doing a. We're trying to do more pods before Max goes away on mm-hmm. tour. So we're sneaking this one in at a lunchtime on Monday. Erica, what do you think? Up Tuesday morning. Up tonight, yeah. up in time for the commute. Yeah, I have an evening shift tonight, so I'll, I'll have it edited before. TFC that. or a restaurant? Uh, yeah, TFC. I'm doing some archiving. Mm. Can't get in the suites till nighttime, though. Would have been funny if you said the restaurant at TFC. The what? Never mind. The restaurant? At t- he was like, the restaurant or TFC. You should have said the restaurant at TFC. Oh, oh like I'm like serving like beers working, there? Yeah. Cut all that. It would have been very funny. <laughs> <laughs> you should have said you that, Eric. Proofs in the pudding, guys. Comedy. I know it. <laughs> oh God. Uh, yeah. So, anyways, you're at the TFC tonight. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. fun. Every time I have a night shift, though, I always um, treat myself with some shawarma. Mm. It's one thing to look forward to. Good. You should have said KFC. <laughs> After some TFC, I get KFC. <laughs> now that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one slayed too. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so we're getting to topics or what? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the topics today are going to be uh, political candidate, conservatives, Andrew Scheer. Oh, yeah. Has been, you made the topics. Yeah, I forgot though. <laughs> have you, wait, have you played your Newfoundland show yet? Newf- Newfoundland show? Yeah. I don't know how to say that right. Yeah, yeah, did. we played it in July or something. Why? Oh, a fan wrote in something to me that it went in my request folder. I'm not sure if I should read it. Sure. Okay, uh, it's all based on your song lyrics. Okay. But it was sent to me. I guess the the yeah, ideology is me, yeah. Shane will actually yeah, say yeah. it on air if mm-hmm. I send it. Okay. Hey, kids on the pod, you cynical bastards mm. always say don't be a stranger. So only for a moment, I'm going to come knocking at your door because I've got my eyes on the prize. Tickets to the Arkell Show Saturday night in the heart of the city of Halifax, oh. please. Barely making do on a student budget. I get those hand-me-downs and then some whenever I can. <laughs> Wasn't too sure if I should write this, but what are you holding on to? Dignity? Me? I ain't got none. I got freedom, though. <laughs> well, good work. If you can't come through, then catch me crawling through the window of Scotiabank, pulling punches when security tries to remove me. I n- <laughs> I never, I never thought that this would happen, but I've got a tragic flaw. You guessed it. I'm relentless. Jokes aside, my heart's always yours, regardless. Hey, there's, no, there's no song called Regardless. <laughs> no, that was great. That, I, yeah. I like that. Who is that? What's, her, what's the person's name? Her name is Leanne Curry. Leanne Curry. Shouts. Yeah. All right, we'll see. We'll see what our guest list looks like a little closer to the show. Leanne, I'm not promising anything. Oh, right was now. she asking for tickets in that? Yeah, yeah. She she's said she's going to sneak into it. Yeah. Oh, she's going to crawl through the window. Yeah. Uh, yeah. See, that was pretty impressive. That was pretty good. And like somebody when, else wrote a rap. I'm. I'm not. You're going to sh- give away all his tickets, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's uh, for us to. I don't think they're asking for tickets, but they. Maybe I can read it. I'll read the rap next time. Sorry, let's just continue. All right. Yeah. Well, so maybe we'll next next week we'll do a rap. Uh, that was really good though. <laughs> that was good. And that <laughs> was a Newfoundland. That was Nova Scotia. By the way. Uh, that w- I, I think you need like when someone puts that much thought into it, and it actually makes sense because years ago uh, I did something like that with uh, when I was trying to impress my now wife Danica. I did a run like that with No Doubt songs because uh-huh. she was a No Doubt fan. And yeah. uh, and when you really nail it, it actually goes well. Yeah. Well, I mean, to this person's credit. Um, is we get so many requests for this and that, and it usually goes right to Ashley, and and it's impossible to get to everything. But you, when someone's like really put in time to be like, this is why I if if I can get too much of your time, this is why this is because it means so much and it's good. But then sometimes we'll get like a note for something that we're probably not going to be able to do. But it's like, dear uh, Max Nick. Mike, Tony, Tim, and Dan. Can you please... And you're like, Dan hasn't been in the band for like fucking 10 years. It's like, you don't care that much. It's like, 
<laughs> no, it's like that's being chucked in the garbage immediately. So. <laughs> I yeah. found the rap if you want to hear it. <laughs> okay, let's hear it. Hit us. Can okay. you rap it though? I, I, I can try. I don't know the exact flow you here. Need a beat or need a second? If you want to create one. Um, I believe it's well, called, Max, Max it's about all of us, but I believe it's titled In Shane. In Shane. It's like a play on insane. <laughs> okay. In the mic. Hey, man, the name's In Shane, here to blow every part of your brain. Cerebral cortex, hippocampus, pop you like a blister, mister till you can't puss. I'm so goofy, I love Lucy, lips go loosely, burn so juicy. Dapper, deep, salty, and peppered. I'm Johnny Depp meets Dak Shepard. I'll make you laugh until it hurts. Put your rep in the six-foot-deep dirt. Tackle you, tickle you, bust your funny bone. They call me Mike Holmes because I've got homes on homes. Holmes, mic drop. So this one's about Mike. Oh, shit. So that was Shane. Now it's me. All right. Mike Mic drop. Stop rock and roll. Here to take command and lose control. I'm number one. Make it so like Picard. Pop to the top. It wasn't that hard. Present, future, past. I'll win. Own and ride you. Televin. Podcast. Wait. This is great. Keep it going. Wait. Sorry. Present, future, past. I'll win, own, and ride ya. Television, podcast. Don't forget to subscribe ya. Cheers to the Veers. All the beers on the Veermen. Steer clear. I'm sincere. Can't reach me. It's Clearman. <laughs> Sorry, that was a hard one. <laughs> you did well. Uh, Max, do you want to read your verse? Yeah. You okay. Gotta give me the beat. Okay. All right. All right. So. <laughs> okay, maybe I should do the. Okay, do the beat. <laughs> <laughs> that broke beatbox. Uh, okay. Hard okay. See? <laughs> Glodius Maximus, my flow's because I'm con. Shit. My flow be so content. Okay, hold on, let's try that again. Glodius Maximus, my flow be so fantastic because my vibe will get you so high. I'm get, get you vibe. Don't no. know beats. See, Slow it's forward. not so easy. Slow it down. No, okay, the next one. Okay. Get, keep you guessing, relieving all your stressing, fill your. Feel euphoria, so so sorry. I'm not sorry, nah. I'm a humble man who's got it all. I'm not afraid to fly. Sorry, I can't actually read. Not, a, <laughs> not, not afraid to fly, not, not afraid, afraid to fall. Christmas my main char characteristic. Rhymes tight. Ry I, I can't read. <laughs> it's hilarious saying rhymes tight when you couldn't get anything. <laughs> out. It's a bragging rap about how tight your rhymes are. <laughs> I'll stick to the beatboxing. <laughs> This verse is called Glodius Maximus. Glodius Maximus, my flow be so fantastic because my vibe will get you high, get you vibing to the Maximus. Oh, there you go. See? I'm trying to find it. Here we keep going. Keep you guessing, relieving all your stressing, feel you full of euphoria. I'm so sorry, I'm not sorry now. Nah. I'm humble man who's got it all. Not afraid to fly, not afraid to fall. Charisma is my main characteristic. Rhymes tight, rhymes right, my licks are the sickest. Chorus. Mic on much, vibes on us. Mic on much, vibes on us. Wow. Nice. That's an all-time statement yeah. right there. Wow. Yeah. Rapping is not easy. Oh my Rapping God. isn't easy. Oh, uh, it makes you appreciate... Reading is hard, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, it makes you appreciate Shane's first verses. Well, I made it pretty far before I started fucking I'm going to say were, mine yeah. was the most lyrically intense. So. It was. Yeah. There was a lot of uh, syllables Maximus? going on That's there. It's not that hard. It was hard. hard. Right. Yeah. All right, uh, moving on. How do those how do those beats sound in the old mix? Sound good. Erica, look at you on good. the dials. You're yeah. now a music producer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, production credit. Engineer. That's yeah. how Jimmy Iovine started, which is a great segue. Great it is segue. a great Second segue. Second subject. Shit. Okay, we're we're gonna start. It's with all right. Should we give Should we give this guy uh, what was right, his name? Should we give him some a shout out here because it was. Uh, uh, yeah, we should. He formerly worked in this building. Mm. Actually, his name's Adam Joshua. Oh, cool. Okay. I know Adam. Adam. Shout out to Adam. Yeah. yeah, he's friends with our buddies uh, Carter and Tyler. Mm -hmm. Well, there you go, Adam. <laughs> Well written, my friend. You put a lot of thought into it. Uh, okay, so so Andrew Shear, Andrew Shear. Uh, the uh, I like that we just had that weird segue. We went off on a tangent, and now we're back to uh, our first topic, which is that the uh, leader of the Conservative Party, who will be running for Prime Minister uh, in a little short while, uh, it has come out that he uh, apparently lied on his uh, not his resume per se, but about his credentials, what mm -hmm. he has done in the past. Uh, this tweet from someone named Jim Carr says Andrew Shear has been caught faking his resume. He said he was an insurance broker, but. In quotes, he was not, reports the Globe and Mail. Sheer never got a license. Watch this video and ask yourself, why does he now say he was something he wasn't? All right. So I guess this guy got busted fronting like he, he had some sort of broker's license. How did he get busted, though? 
That's not clear. I think they checked his... You can uh, find the records, I yeah, think. Yeah, just check the school records of who graduated. Oh, okay. So, and they have a supercut of him at different speaking engagements being like, I got my start insurance. I was a broker. I, it's sort I of think a, one time he says he's a broker, but otherwise he sort of like dances around that he was like, I was insurance. I know what it's like, but doesn't quite... It totally felt like that yeah. too. It's like, I don't want to say on the record I was a broker. So uh-huh. I'm like, I got my start in insurance mm-hmm. or I was doing things in insurance. Is that that cool of a job where it's like, no, you weren't? It's probably, <laughs> you know. probably trying to show that he understands economics from an insurance level or business yeah. i don't know okay. like you know he's trying so to appeal there to the is some weight to saying i mm-hmm. was insurance it, like applies to his current job well if he wasn't doing that what was he doing you know it's mm-hmm. like yeah <laughs> you know what i mean like <laughs> hanging out of the office i guess <laughs> yeah i don't know uh but anyway i, I the, the reason that uh, this is in the uh pod topics group today is because uh max want to know when have you lied on your resume and when is it okay to lie well, okay first of all that, because we do talk politics sometimes on this show do is this concerning coming from a political candidate or does this feel par for the course uh, no, this one's pretty harmless in terms of like the lies. It's, to me, it doesn't really offend me that much. Um, but I am very interested in the subject matter of like people's memories playing tricks on them. And then, because Brian Williams, I think we've talked about this on the pod before. Brian Williams got into a lot of story, a lot, sort of a lot of trouble about a story he told about going to Iraq and his plane was being, sh- or his helicopter was oh, being shot Oh, he had a whole at. like war story. Yeah. And then it turns out that didn't quite happen. But he kept telling the stories. And then at a certain point, he might have like convinced himself that, that it actually did happen. I'm always interested in like the way people retell their own history. Sure. Because uh, there's definitely like a bunch of guys uh, that went to McMaster at our, at, at, when I was there that says that say they were in the Arkells. Like right. they're just like, oh yeah, I was in the band when it first started. It's like, oh, I, I, I was the original keyboard player. Or I was the original drummer. Like, and, and then I'll be like, Oh yeah, I think I vaguely remember being like at a party with you one time. But because they went to school with me, the idea of like how they are connected, and maybe they jammed with you once, and maybe they jammed with you. And by the way, I don't. I'm not calling them a liar or anything. It's just like they genuinely have convinced themselves that the relationship was like bigger than it was. Or maybe I forget, and and it's sort of out of my mind. And maybe they're right, but. I do think it, the memory does play funny games as time passes on. And, and so with Andrew Shear, I don't know if he was trying to pull one over on people or he genuinely like has convinced himself. That he would know he, he didn't have a broker's license. Yeah, that, that's true. I think it's just an exaggeration. And I think I was reading some stats that 75% of people exaggerate on their resume. So Did you pull up that uh, research this morning? Yeah. Oh, good for you. Yeah, I looked at all the materials. Yeah, good job. Yeah, Yeah, well, you know, I I put my shoe on the other (laughs) foot for a second. Yeah. And I go, okay. On my right foot. Yeah, that's good good work. Um, Because I wouldn't vote for Andrew Scheer personally, but I think, okay, if my guy, who I really liked, who kind of stood for what I believe in, fibbed his resume that way, I would be like, is this really going to, like, kill the. Is this going to end his campaign? Are we going to totally discount everything else he's done? And this one seems kind of minor to me. So, yeah. so that's why I'm not too bothered by it. Yeah. Is, that, is, that, is that too soft? of? A- no, no, no. I lean that way. I, lean, I mean, listen, like it is what it is. And one would argue that it speaks to a, a larger troubling uh, trend as far as this guy's personality mm-hmm. and sort of what he's willing to say and what, mm. he, what he's willing to do. Because there's, there's people that are like, that, you know, it's like one of those things. Like he clearly knows he doesn't have a, a broker's license. Mm-hmm. So he's like willing to lie about that to sort of like, I guess in his mind, propagate an image of himself to the people that he's trying to appeal to. So it's like, if he's willing to do that for something minor like that, then what's he want? Like, I get the argument, mm-hmm. but I'm also like, when we get back to a more personal level, we've all probably like misrepresented ourselves slightly on a resume in order to get a position that you really wanted. And while thinking with good intentions, I'm going to do a great job once I get there. Mm-hmm. I just didn't happen to get that credit, that extra credit that I needed. Maybe he went to broker school, maybe he failed brokers. I don't know. I have no idea. You relied on a resume, Mikey? I was thinking about that today uh, for Max's question. And I honestly don't think I have. And not because I wouldn't like, like, you know, like, let's say that like, um, I don't know. I someone, I lost my, my job and I hadn't like directed a commercial yet. Like, but I maybe pitched an idea on a on a commercial that won a Promax. Mm. I might say I wrote a pro, an award winning commercial. Yep. Mm. But but I really just added an idea. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So like I could see myself saying that. I just hadn't been in the position to do it. Like my resume was basically my high school resume where I actually used the same template, whereas all the same things where it's like list your character attributes because you have so little in a high school resume. Mm-hmm. So it's like inter good interpersonal skills, I think, is still there if I went and found the the word doc in my yep. hotmail. Uh which by the way was not a lie. I you know. I have yeah. all right You're interpersonal very skills. dishwasher mm. at Swish LA. <laughs> I don't fucking right. Hey, I was a server at Swish LA. Dishwasher at Krabby Joe's. Mm. Yeah. I've never had a resume. Never had a resume? No. I've never... Uh, How did you get the job at Much Music? Or like to just, leave. Uh, like just uh, contest videos. 
Mm. And then, uh, yeah, I worked at a movie theater. I just showed up and they just interviewed me and hired me. <laughs> and then uh, same thing. I worked at Talese, which apparently people know. But mm-hmm. uh, for the people who don't, it's like a value village. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then uh, my friend Sean hired me to sell cell phones. Mm. And one, he's like, oh, your resume better be good, he told me. And then I was like, uh-oh. I was like, Sean's not fucking around. So I was on a vacation and I spent the first day of the vacation trying to type up this horrible resume. It was so embarrassingly formate, uh, formatted. It was very sloppy. And I sent it to him. And he's like, I was, I was just kidding. You don't need a resume. You're hired. <laughs> I was like, oh, I was like, okay. So that re- I kind of had a bullshit resume typed up under duress, but I've never actually used a real one. So you had a phony re- resume. You just didn't get a, have a chance to slide it across the table. I emailed it, and it was just like hilarious. Like It was horrible. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he just kind of laughed it off and just said, I, I never actually needed one. This right. is an interesting question for Erica, though, because she's at the age where she's going to have to lie on her resume oh, to get jobs. Yeah. Uh, so um, you don't want to talk about this? No. <laughs> <laughs> this is extremely triggering for me when you posted this in the group. That's all right, but you can do the job. What I will say is it's always interesting because I know lots of friends who never quite graduated from anything that they did, but then they got in on time. Like, yeah, even a um, friend of a friend who works in journalism, I'm not talking about Erica, didn't finish uh, from Ryerson. Right. And, and this person has a very uh, distinguished job at a, yeah. rep, at a reputable news agency. Mm-hmm. But this person is a great uh, reporter, they they're awesome what they do, and you can just say Peter Mansbridge. It's yeah. okay. <laughs> childhood friend of mine. Yeah, let's <laughs> go way back. Yeah, um, but you know, the, I feel like the other trick is you have to just buddy up with you know with people in the industry because I I kind of love lying for my friends. That, <laughs> that's why you're a great friend. To, that's to get, such a relief. No, no, no. To, no, to help. You if, enjoy if, the heist <laughs> element of it. You, 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 you do. The thing about Max's personality is like, let's see if we can get somebody like a gig here. This yeah. would be great. Yeah. And there's like, how can we go about it? You kind of, like, whereas that, I have a lot of anxiety when it's like, mm. we're, I think we're kind of circumventing. Whereas like, you kind of like it. But the, the reason why is I have so much faith in my friends. I, I have so much admiration for uh, what they do and what they're good at is that I would lie for them because I know they'd be a good employee. Like if I have some lazy friends that were like not qualified for a certain position, I would not stick my neck out. But if I have a friend that like I think would fucking kill it, I would lie to the end of the earth for them. Yeah. Yeah. I've told people I've gotten into Sheridan for advanced film and television. Mm -hmm. And then, and then I tell people, and and then I went to um, Mohawk for uh, TV broadcasting. Now now I work at Mm. much and it's all true, but I never, I never actually went to Sheridan. Oh. I, just, I, got a, I got accepted to uh, Sheridan for advanced film and television. And I went to Mohawk, never finished mm-hmm. Mohawk. But I, everything's true. But is, it's still such a, it's a, like a misleading thing. Is a lie by omission still a lie? That's a great question. That's a great question. It's, yeah. But it's, it's not the truth. And the, the gray area might, some people might fall. Yeah, they should, they should follow up. It, it, it also depends how young you are, too. Right. If you're young and hungry, there's something endearing about it. If you're just some old guy lying to brag, yeah. then that's weird. That's true. Well, the whole thing with resumes, I think, like as a construct, is essentially this. It's like if you finish a four-year or three-year program or whatever it is, and there's like a pile of like 20 resumes on the, the, the gatekeeper, the person making the decision's desk, all that says is it's like they are responsible enough to complete a three-year course to its completion or whatever, or, or, or a four-year course or whatever it is. It's like it says something about, I guess, like your personality, not even necessarily your work ethic or how good you are at your work. It's just like, well, we know that they're responsible enough to finish something. Mm-hmm. Like, so it's but that like, is saying a lot about your I work agree, ethic. I agree, because a lot of people, yeah, yeah. And so, but I feel like a lot of people, so that, that's kind of like this weird like uh, factor to like weed things out. But that being said, it doesn't necessarily speak to your ability to do the job. You know what I mean? So it's like, like I didn't go to post-secondary. We've talked about this on the podcast and all that stuff. But it's like, it's like you get in, and then once you prove it, I don't think anyone would care. Like, yeah. I didn't lie about not but going to. St- if you're the person hiring somebody, you want to stack the odds in your favor, and you're a bit of an outlier. I think more people who can actually finish something are right. the odds are probably better that they're going to be a good employee maybe not a superstar yeah and the arts are a slightly different category too true because yeah. like you have you had like a portfolio of videos that you'd shot it's like oh clearly yeah. this kid is very committed to making commercials and writing funny stuff so mm-hmm. like proof was in the pudding there yeah yeah it's very true yeah i'm trying to think of uh yeah i kind of did a similar thing with the last real job i had i worked at the hamilton law association and i was very committed to 
making the band work. You got your law degree, right? Yeah. Right at the same time Andrew Shear was getting his brokerage <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, license? Well, basically, I said to uh, to the person hiring me, Rebecca, who is uh, Lauren, my girlfriend's mother. That's how I met Lauren, which that's another story for another day. Uh, <laughs> is <laughs> I, I said, it's like, oh, yeah, I graduated from political science, and uh, next step is law school. So I think this would be a great sort of job in the meanwhile before I apply for law. And uh, that was never, I was never planning to go to law You never school. meant it when you said it. No, definitely not. Right. But she, but actually the funny part about that story is that I put in like my extracurriculars or whatever, that like I'm in a local rock band, Arkells. And um, her son, Luke, uh, is also in a band, The Dirty Nil. And he, uh, he was like in high school probably at the time because I'm four years older than, than Luke or probably just starting university. And she took pity on me because she loves her son Luke so much and knew that like, oh, this kid's in a band. My kid's in a band. Let's give him a job because I like. It's a tough go. It's a tough go. And so, so it wasn't me trying to get into law school or quote unquote trying to get into law school. It was me being in a band that got me that job. And now you're rich. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I was doing my uh, my interview uh, with Much, it was uh, I've said I we were just talking about this with Unzi on the pod. But so like my job I was 4 hours a day. Was, the title was unit assistant and I was like fetching coffees, grab labeling tapes. And uh, but in my interview with the two people that uh, ultimately hired me, one of them in the interview was Justin Stockman who is now with, yeah, the pod father. I uh, he asked me, he was like, because I literally, I'd only been out of high school for like a year and I did graduate high school and my plan was to go to school and I'd been accepted, much like Shane said, to, to a couple different schools. So I was like, if this doesn't work out, like I'll, I'll just go to school and I'll figure it out from there. But he said, he was like, well, we don't want to mess with the trajectory of your schooling, but we think you'd be great for this job, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The interview was going great. He goes, uh, will you, he's like, tell us right now, do you plan to go back to school if I give you this job? Because we don't want to mess with the trajectory. I was like, absolutely. I'm like, education is super important. I'm like, I will go back. If like, when I get in, I'll go like in the fall, maybe I'll do like a part-time program, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The minute I got onto like a set and started seeing how things done, I'm like, there's nothing I can learn Mm -hmm. at Mohawk College or George Brown, Sheridan or any of these schools that is going to teach me anything that I can't learn from the guys that are actually doing this shit right Mm -hmm. now. So, but I knew it was a lie when I said it then. I'm going to put this out there. Erica, I will lie for you on any future job you want. As your <laughs> reference, all right? Thanks, Max. I, whatever, you, whatever you put on your resume, you'd be like, I wrote the show. I graded Mike on much. Whatever you want. I'll just say that. I might, I might have already done that a little bit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You'll continue to do so. Yeah. But yeah, there's, there's another character uh, who's involved in this pod who I may have helped get his job. Who we won't say his name. We can't say. Can we names. beep a name? I, I would argue there might be multiple. There's a few, but yeah. there's oh, yeah. one. Yeah, that's. Well, uh, can we beep a name? Uh, me out. Who? Oh, okay. You know that story. Yes, yes, yeah, of course. But he's fine. Yeah, yeah. And that that was a great hire, I think, for the, that place. Oh, it totally worked out. If you got fired from Arkells <laughs> tomorrow, <laughs> what? And you let's just say you you're banned from being in a band. Okay. At what do you put on your resume? Are you like uh, 2016 knocking at the door? Well, like, do you <laughs> just the sing- like, do you let's just like, the discography? Play the Junos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, do you put that on a resume or is that useless? <laughs> yeah, I'd be in a weird position to be mm-hmm. looking for a new job. Yeah, I don't you know. Focus on the business side. Like, look at look at what you've created because it's like music. Yeah, I'd be like a multi million dollar company, et cetera, et cetera. Right. I don't know if that's true, but you know, <laughs> uh, whatever. But you lie on your resume. And you're not what you said. <laughs> yeah. um, though, speaking of. Uh, of other jobs and stuff. This is kind of you guys always joke about how I'm the most sort of like blindly optimistic person. Mm-hmm. While I was watching Girl from the North Country, I was like just thinking to myself because it was yeah, I had a lot of time to think during this musical, <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I should write an Arkells musical. It'd be a hit. And yeah. I just started like dreaming up, and and my dad knows the guy who wrote Come From Away, which is a smash hit. Yeah, on Broadway. I was like. So what I'll do when I get out of the theater, I'm just going to email my dad. I'm like, can I get David's email address? And just <laughs> standing there, the music will be kind of, you know, in theaters by next year or something. It was just, and then, of course. And then, I, and then I walked about like three blocks from the theater after it was done. I was like, wait a second. This guy lives on Broadway. Like he like lives in New York now. He has like the most successful show on Broadway right now. He probably has, he's probably had a hundred different thoughts about what his next thing is going to be. And me sending him an email, be like, how about your next one is just about Art Kell songs? <laughs> Go. <laughs> I was like, okay, maybe that's a bit of a stretch. Would you but, star in it? The musical? Yeah, sure. I'm knocking at the door. <laughs> I'm knocking at the door. <laughs> Will someone open it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
And then I was brought down to earth. But <laughs> yeah, I think you could pull it off. You think so? Yeah. L- Lauren pointed another funny thing, not to talk about myself, uh, but we're going to do it. Um, <laughs> is she, she, she was talking about like some uh, bug. Uh, she was like, oh, there's a bug in the house. And she's very scared of bugs. And she it was like, called like a silver. Sun- it's just some silverfish. Strange- silverfish. Is yeah. that what it, Yeah. She's like a silverfish. I was like. What's a silverfish? She's like, you don't know what a silverfish is? I always call them centipedes. Okay. Incorrectly, yeah. And then I was like, I have no idea what a silverfish is. What are you talking about? She's like, it's a type of bug. I'm like, it's a type of bug. I've never heard of that. She's like, Max, if you're not interested in a particular thing, you know zero about it. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, you literally don't know anything. It's like, you have a lot of interest. You're like, you're a very smart guy. Like, but if you're not, if there's a particular area that you're not interested, like, name six bugs. <laughs> you can know. name six bugs. Ants. There's one. Uh, centipedes. Okay. Um, that was said here, but I'll allow it. Cricket? Yeah, that's a bug. Uh, ladybug? There you go. Bug in the name, so that was easy. Mosquito? Yeah, that's Black five. Fly. There you go. Okay. Yeah, see? But yeah, I definitely didn't know Good what a job, silver Max. fox was. Yeah. Was it? Silver, silver fish. fox. Yeah. <laughs> see, I know way, what a silver uh, fox yeah. is. <laughs> Eric's like, I know what it is. Yeah, I sure do. But, um, and by the way, that might not even be the one she was talking about. I, I, like, and we've had this conversation like four times. I'm like, what kind? And, I, and it, it is gone from my brain within like six seconds. Yeah. So, anyway. Most people probably would want with spider first as far as oh, bugs. Yeah. yeah, you know. yeah. Um, I would. I don't know what a silverfish is either. I've never oh, heard good. that, no, I've never heard that term so before in my life. They're the ones with a bunch of legs. Yeah. Well, mm. it's a bug. I guess they all have a lot of legs. Mm. <laughs> all right. Third topic. <laughs> uh, uh, okay. So next topic, moving on. Uh, are we going to do this, this, this Vanity Fair piece, sort of the idea of uh, legacy and memoirs, or should we move to Shane's topic? Let's do Shane's topic. Okay. okay. So we'll skip this topic. We'll come back to it another day. Shaney boy, you're on the spot. Have you guys been following Aaron Carter by any chance? <laughs> oh, I, a little bit. Yeah. I have not. It's have insane. I. His... Yeah. Now, he started Instagram living his entire life from morning till night. Uh, I, didn't know, very, I didn't know that. Well, what happened originally was um, I wasn't following him on Instagram, but Nick Carter released a thing like, I'm very scared for Aaron right now and uh, uh, myself because he's threatened to hurt me and my family. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I saw oh. that. I was like, oh, what's going on with Aaron? And then I flip it over and he's live and Aaron's just grooving out. To beats and talking about how he's the hottest thing in music right now. <laughs> what? Yeah, and, and he's like all this controversy, just adding to his clout or, or whatever. So I'm like, okay. So I'm just watching him for like half an hour. It's kind of boring. He's just playing the keyboards, or whatever. But every day I just check in on him for like 20 <laughs> minutes because he's he, he's kind of talking funny. He's he's a little acting like he might be on cocaine, mm. if I was to guess. Mm. Not to make an accusation, but it's a little bit strange behavior. Mm-hmm. And I remember him on Dr. Phil a few months ago, like maybe a year ago. He was like 90 pounds and he lo- he was all like looked like he was mm. on meth or something. But now he, he looks better. Uh, he's like he's still very skinny, but he's he's a healthier weight anyway. The, the next day, I check out his Instagram live, and he's talking about a tattoo artist coming to his place yeah. to do like a chest piece, and it, uh, chest piece. And uh, it's the guy who tattooed that Takashi 6969. Oh. Oh, and, yeah. and that guy has like a bunch of face tattoos. Mm-hmm. But then once the tattoo artist gets to his house, Aaron Carter calls an audible, and he switches from his chest to his face. And, and, and they're crazy. They're just like tattoo. looking up what to get, what to get. And he's like, I want a Medusa. Look up Medusa. Go. <laughs> And so they Google image Medusa, and there's a picture of Rihanna. He's like, Rihanna, sexy as fuck. He's like, I want to get her on my face. He's like, she got a man? And they're like, I don't care. Just let, let's draw it up. So they drop Rihanna's face with snakes in her hair, and then just put this huge, it's like this big. It's like covering on, half on of his face. Have his, you seen this, Max? Yeah. Have you seen this, Eric? No. It's, it's nuts. Erica, like, were you an Aaron Carter fan back in the day? No. Mm. All I know is he beat Shaq. Yeah, and he tells you how in the song. <laughs> well, he's live right now, too. Uh, okay, let me see this thing. This is wild. Man. Okay, so so is the, are, we cons- like, are you concerned about a move like that, or do you think he's of sound mind when he does something like well, that? Well, now he's, he's like a TMZ darling. He's all over the news. He's increased his followership by like 250,000 followers. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm concerned. You taking notes so for this family? He's, no, he's live right now. I'm just showing wow. you. Wow. Like he's always live. He says he's like Big Brother now. Like his, it, but it's like real. It's giving me kind of like it. It doesn't look as bad as I thought it would. But look. he's got a filter. He always puts a filter on, so it has the little like flowery filter. Holy shit! Yeah, 
Like it's 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 in the right spot if you're going to do something like that anyway. Isn't it alarming that face tattoos have become so popular right now? It's like is this like the the current like youthful rebellion move now? I know every every generation has their own yeah. way of like sticking it to their parents and you know giving the middle finger to the authorities but the face tattoo shit is fucking crazy it's like i always thought like neck tattoos were like too much but now now but now neck tattoos seem kind of fucking normal but the face tattoos do you think that that, do you think mike tyson looks weird with his face tattoo or i think they all look fucking weird i feel like tyson's become normalized really you just accept the way his face looks with a tattoo on it i don't think Aaron looks that crazy to be completely honest. It just looks like it looks like makeup from like a theater show or well, something. It's the thing is, if you're famous enough, you get it all out there in one blast where it's normal to people. Mm. Like if Post Malone comes into McDonald's, you're not going to be alarmed. Yeah. But if that guy didn't get that out there in one blast for you to normalize to it, every time you have an interaction with somebody who hasn't met you before, you're scaring them a little bit. I, I think. also think to Max's point, like it, anything will work on a famous person in a weird way yeah. because yeah. because they are their own brand. I thought that was my point I was just making. It, no, no, but Max is saying that Not like... Not to fight for points. <laughs> Max's point <laughs> is like, are we in the end times? Is he being antiquated? Is he being like old-fashioned by saying it's fucked up? He's saying it's fucked up if some yeah, guy comes he, in for an interview here today yeah. and they have a face tattoo. Oh. Civilians. Right. You're saying he's normalizing it uh, for civilians, famous people are. Well, well yeah. I, well, I'm just saying it's like, uh, it's not crazy for a Tyson type to have it to Shane's point, to Max's point, are they like are they uh, detrimental to just like Joe Schmo on the street? I th- yeah, I'm just wondering what's next too. It's like because you remember like back in the '90s, like people starting getting tattoos or like pier- or weird piercings and stuff like that. Like I remember like being a kid and my mom going like, "Oh, these those kids like with their nose pierced or their eyebrow pierced. That's too much." Like my mom fucking hated that, and. And then, of course, that became normalized, and tattoos became normalized. Everything's fucking normal. And this was like, okay, right, we're going to face tattoos. Like, what's next? It seems like every generation needs to like do an extension of whatever the previous thing was. What? What? What Here's is a question. possibly going to be next? Here's it's a ridiculous. question. In twenty years, when Shane and I's daughters go into say like a, a bank, they're going to have their face wanna... tattooed. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm sorry to break it to you, but Lucy's going to have her fucking. It'll face be normal. No, no, no. Then. My question was this because. All sorts of people go into banks. My question will be, is the person behind the counter going to have a face tattoo? Like, it's possible. is our idea of like whatever normalized North American society is or like a, a white collar job or whatever mm-hmm. or the sort of job that's not a labor job? Like, will a bank teller have a crazy tattoo on their face? Will we get to that point? That's the I question. I think so. Uh, yeah, I mean, know. there's definitely like, you know, the idea of someone having a sleeve and working a professional job like 10 years ago seemed kind of crazy to you me. You wouldn't think oh, twice. When if- I got my Michael J. Fox uh, portrait on my arm, People thought I was nuts, and that's just on my shoulder. Yeah, that could be covered up at any completely point. Completely covered, even yeah. if I'm wearing a short sleeve dress shirt. Yeah. If your doctor had a tongue piercing, would you be concerned? <laughs> tongue piercing? I just think he's a little kinky. <laughs> yeah, but cool. But I mean, that's what I'm saying. Would you Would you find it weird? Uh, maybe for medical professionals a little bit, but you know, if you're in the hospitals, like nurses and stuff have tattoos, I could see them having a yeah. tongue piercing. Yeah. Anyway, I'm just like I don't know what normal is. Like I mean, like people are going to have this stuff and they're going to work in all sorts of jobs. But if you just mean like whatever we consider a professional job of a certain, like a, you have to wear like a tie and a fucking mm-hmm. a white shirt to work. Will those people have, you know, face tattoos? I don't, yeah. I don't know the answer to that, but I would say probably like Shane says, like, why not? Like we're all just keep sort of evolving all the time. But that's not my question here. What is it? My question for you guys is this is paying off uh, very big for Aaron Carter mm. short term. Yeah. Who knows? In a month he might wind up dead or something. Like we find out he's on drugs right now yeah. or something. But what's the most impulsive thing you've ever done mm. that has paid off? Oh, wow. Before we get there, yeah, I worry about that guy. Like, it's not going to surprise me at all if he's dead in the next five years. Or no. Th- two months. Yeah. No. And there's people who are either enabling him on his comment section for the live or who are very concerned about him. Yeah. But back to your question. I mean, I, I, I'm interested in that bigger question, too, of like the idea of like um, someone's personal spiral as entertainment. Like that, mm. that's kind of a big question that's been happening now for two decades. But like we as like a, a society or people. Right? Like, exactly. Yeah, it remind me kind of almost Shia LaBeouf too had a weird phase. Well, it's like oh, he yeah. was like broadcasting his life. For yeah, like it always feels icky to me. I well, it's just it. interesting. Like it's like what do we consider entertainment? What's not like what Where's moral the or humanist going? sort of like leanings yeah. do we do we owe ourselves and these people? I don't know the answers to any of them, but I do find it fascinating. And it's to personal taste. Like, yeah, anyway. What's the most impulsive thing we've ever done? That's paid off. That you've done that has paid off. Yeah. 
I'm I'm not I don't know like you've known me for a very long time like I'm not really impulsive that way mm-hmm. do you know what I mean I'm like I by nature I'm super me- I think things out almost too much do you know what I mean yeah. I well I think the the one t- day you were you walked up and you're like Shane let's go on a vacation and, yeah and we we went to Cuba together just I did do that yeah. us uh, you and I I thought that was fairly impulsive for you yeah and that you, was. you went off to Europe by yourself like yeah, that's but, pretty. Impulsive. Yeah, that was because of a breakup though, and I was I'd been spiraling for a good like two months before I, I booked that trip. That was like to get myself you know in the right mindset. But but the trip to Cuba, you and I, that was one hundred percent impulsive. And I feel like that trip was the catalyst to this podcast happening because when you came back from the trip, you started gathering people around and telling them the entire story front to back from our trip. Oh, how funny it Cuba, was! Yeah. And then Max would be listening and being like, "Oh, you're a great storyteller. You should." Start a podcast. Yeah. It's funny how these things that, happen. That, that, that thread works. So that's, I think you answered my question. Spontaneously deciding to go to Cuba with you uh, yeah. and us going to a flight center and booking it while still kind of hungover, still drunk from the night before. Shane, can I guess what yours is? Yeah. Uh, marrying Alex. Yes. Yeah, because... <laughs> is, is that true? Yeah. Yeah, because cause it happened very quickly. But well, I was going to tie it into just being so impulsive where I was going on like a, basically at that time 100 dates in like 100 days. Yeah. And when normally, like if I had just uh, someone had messaged me and said, oh, go on a date with Alex, I, I might give it a two-week grace period and mm-hmm. talk to her like uh, for an appropriate amount of time so I'm not embarrassed embarrassingly eager mm-hmm. but since i was so used to dating when someone uh set me up with alex that day i would just message her i was like oh let's do it tonight let's not wait mm. whereas normally i wouldn't have done that so that was very impulsive for me mm-hmm. and then had i not done that she would have gone she had a trip to portugal like uh three days after that she would have just gone on that trip and probably forgotten about me mm. so yeah good win yeah i think what my it's a good question what my most impulsive thing it's paid off in a big picture kind of way. Well, didn't you write like knocking at the door in one night or something? No, yeah, I guess yeah, I guess there's a lot of things like that where I mean, yeah, knocking at the door came together really quickly and that and uh, it was under like kind of like like fuck this, I got to make this hit. Yeah, song. we got to do it and like yeah, we basically like wrote it, recorded the song, made the video with you and put it out with like in a span of a month, which is like very very quick. But I'd say like generally speaking, there's always some strategy whenever I've done anything. It's not like totally reckless. But it's like you could call like, you know, messaging Nick Nurse's assistant and being like, it was kind of an impulsive thing. Yeah. It wasn't like I sat on it for very long. I was just like, hey, does he want to come do this thing? And that ended up being like the highlight of the summer for me. Mm-hmm. Or like me messaging Tessa Virtue being like, hey, can you announce the rally? And, and then like, and, and you know, Ash and I talked about it. So it wasn't like I just went rogue. But I feel like within the band's history, there's like a lot of things where I'm just like, I'm just going to go for it. And, and there's lots of times where I get told no or it doesn't work out, but I don't tend to remember those as well. Like the Olympics was fairly. <laughs> yeah, the Olympics was yeah. like, yeah, was, was, it all happened pretty quickly. And yeah, I think that's been part of the band's success is just me being like, oh, let's give it a go. Let's see what happens. And then like, hopefully like just by, by making momentum for yourself, other good shit happens. So there's, but the, I don't know if there's like one definable thing, but just been like, a, I think a series of just like me being optimistic about shit and just like putting it out there. Erica. Nice. Yeah. I don't know. Most, um, impulsive stuff I do happens at like karaoke bars <laughs> in the wee hours of the night. Has so. it paid off though for you in any way? It usually does. Okay. Yeah, I usually get <laughs> like signed a record deal Someone with will Universal. buy me a drink yeah. or I don't know. They'll be like, oh, That's that was okay. incredible. Ooh. Yeah. Well, when you like, hopped behind the bar that one time and drank straight from the, the tap. I felt like a superstar. Was that impulsive though or was that oh, planned? Oh yeah. No, no, not planned at all. That's all oh. instinct, baby. Wow. <laughs> 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 